0: Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 150 of Starting the Conversation. Now that I say that number out loud, I feel like I should have prepared something to celebrate hitting such an episode number, but I'm gonna keep it real. I haven't got anything for you. Although we can use this moment to celebrate the fact that Starting the Conversation's first ever sponsorship is now complete. It was such a dream to work with Penfold. If you've been consuming my content for a while, you know that I've been such a a fan of what they do and such an advocate for pensions for a while now. So I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you for responding to that sponsorship in such a brilliant way. The fact that so many of you were really excited about the fact that I was partnering with Penfold and that so many of you have now got your pension set up honestly just makes me so happy. Every time that I see an email saying that someone's used the link, I just think, damn, your future self is going to be so grateful for that. Now, of course, I'll keep talking about Penfold and Pensions because I was chatting about them way before they decided to sponsor anything. But I do just want to say thank you to Penfold. Thank you to yourselves. Thank you to me. Thank you to Emily. Oscar speech over. Let's get into today's episode because I'm your host, Alice Benham. And today I'm going to be sharing with you the three biggest challenges that I'm facing in my business right now. Now, you know me, I am all about sharing the challenges. I think it's so important, especially as we're in a space that can really glorify the shiny stuff and the highlights reels to always be talking about what goes on behind the scenes and the challenges that often sit behind that shiny stuff that we see now typically when I'm sharing the challenges that I'm going through I like to share them in hindsight the phrase share something that's a wound not a scar is something that I oh wait the other way around damn it, let me say that again. The phrase sharing something that's a scar, not a wound is something that I follow quite closely when I'm thinking about sharing any challenges that I'm facing or kind of personal or vulnerable things that are happening in my business. By sharing something when it is a scar instead of a wound, you've got hindsight. I can often then share it in a more helpful way. I also find it healthier to share once it's kind of passed because then if people prod at it, ask questions, share their experiences, that's a fine experience for me. Whereas I find that when something is happening in the moment, it's not always the most healthy thing to share it online. However, I fully appreciate it can be comforting to know what people's current struggles are because although we can know, yeah, 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 you struggled with that in the past, I think we can still then tell ourselves a story of like, oh, they're not struggling with anything now. So this episode is gonna be me just getting very honest about the current challenges that I am facing. Now, this episode is not about me wallowing in my challenges or in my issues, but it is about me acknowledging what my challenges are so that first of all, I can give myself a little bit of grace and permission to find things hard. And second of all, I can then be more intentional about what I'm going to do to walk myself through them. Challenges are the best learning curves in disguise. And in hindsight, I'm always grateful for the challenges that I go through in my business. So actually sitting down to write out this episode was so therapeutic because it got me thinking, well, what challenges am I facing right now? What am I going to do to walk myself through them? So if you do anything off the back of this episode, I would really encourage you to do some reflection. What challenges are you facing and what does it look like for you to move forwards and start to walk yourself through it. Now I could share way more than three challenges, but I'm going to keep it to three just so that we're not here all day. And I guess for me, the purpose of this episode, not only to maybe inspire or encourage you to do the same reflection would be first of all, to let you in and show you that you're not alone. If either you're finding these same things challenging, or perhaps you've just got your own challenges that look a bit different in your business. And I also hope that I can share a bit about how I'm walking myself through it uh, so that you can maybe get some tips or encouragement or some thoughts or perhaps if you've been through these challenges yourself or you're a few steps on from me, you can give me some tips and encouragements because I'm all for that. Now, obviously, I'm not going to be able to share you know, my exact strategy for how I'm going to get out of these challenges because I'm still in the thick of them. But perhaps in future, I could do a bit of an update episode, share with that hindsight and kind of complete that full circle and show you that, yes, when you're in them, the challenges feel overwhelming and uncertain and you can't always see a way out, but things do shift and more often than not, you look back and you're grateful that it happened. Now just quickly before I get into the three challenges, I feel like a bit of context might be helpful because hello, we always assume that people know everything that we know or that people are aware of our story and that's not always the case. So to help give you some context on what these challenges are and kind of where they're sitting in my business journey, I am a business and marketing strategist. That sounds so much fancier than it really is. Basically, I help business owners get really focused on the big picture and long-term vision and then take the action that is needed in their businesses in order to get there. I have been in business since I was 17. I'm now 23, but I have been running this business for just under four years. The business has evolved a lot over those last four years. It started out as digital marketing support and it's pivoted and shifted over the years. And it now contains one to one coaching, group programs, courses, products, retreats, podcasts, and a couple of things in between. So now that you are caught up on where my business is at, let me share with you the first challenge that I'm facing right now, which is that my work-life blend doesn't quite feel right and I'm a little bit worried that I'm on my way to burnout. Now, if you listened to the episode uh, a few weeks back with my life coach, Helen Cotty, you'll have heard us talk about this concept of work, play, and rest and how those are the three main areas that you spend your time and being conscious of where you want that blend to be and maybe where it's at right now and therefore what needs to change to get it where you want it to be is what's gonna help you to build that elusive slash non-existent work-life balance. I really like using the word blend instead of balance because I just think balance is impossible. Something always feels a little bit off and it's not about reaching that kind of perfect balance of everything. It's constantly checking in and going, right, where are things at? Where's my time and energy going? Does this feel good? Now, over the last year, my work play rest blend has been very much focused on work and rest. For me, the kind of play that I enjoy in my life is pretty reliant on being able to see other people and do things and not just be within my own house. So I'd say over the last year, it's probably been about 80% work and 20% rest. Now, pre-lockdown, this is a bit of a side note, I didn't really have any rest in. So I'm very grateful for lockdown for teaching me that lesson of the importance of rest and what rest looks like for me. But naturally that was the blend that I was working at. And in lockdown, in the kind of world that we were in, that was completely fine, but now, When life or what I see as like my life is beginning to return and when parts of my work that haven't existed over the last year, like in-person events are coming back, I am feeling that that blend of 80% work, 20% rest isn't quite serving me. There is suddenly a whole lot more play in my life and I absolutely love that. I'm really, really enjoying it. But the question I'm asking myself is, well, where is that time coming from? I am a big worker. You can probably tell I really love work. I'm very, very dedicated to my business. But over the last few weeks, as I've been doing more fun stuff in my life, seeing friends, going out, you know, doing activities, some of that time has had to come from work and also some of it has had to come from rest. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. When your time is at capacity, obviously things have to give if you want to spend more time somewhere else. But I guess I wasn't very conscious that that was going to happen. So over the last couple of weeks, I found myself quite overwhelmed with work because I haven't had as much time as I'd used to have in order to get the same amount of things done. And I've not felt as rested as I'd normally be because I haven't had as much time to just completely rest and switch off because I've been using some of that time for play. I'd say there's a Fair few things that this is impacting, and I don't wanna be too dramatic. I think I'm spotting this a bit of a while off, which feels good. I mean, that's one of the benefits of reflecting on your challenges is that then you can spot these issues before they come a big problem. You know, I've, I've been through the burnout cycle before. I can see it a mile off, and I think this is what this challenge is giving me a little bit of a flag of. So what impact is this challenge having? Well, when my time is fully stretched, it means that things feel pretty hectic and a little bit full on, I am a big advocate of not using the word busy, I think it insinuates that you are out of control, that your work is managing you, that it feels chaotic, but honestly right now busy would be quite an accurate word for it. Now I haven't dropped any plates yet, I haven't made any big mistakes yet, but emphasis on the yet, I can feel those things coming where it's just getting a little bit too hectic, things might start to get dropped. And as someone who massively values my output, the impact that I have, the way that I treat others, the level of service that I bring to clients and students, that is not something that I wanna see happen. So not making much of an impact now, but I can definitely see it becoming a reality. Can also see myself, as I said, walking a little bit into burnout. I am somewhat ignoring my physical and mental health, which is not something that I am proud of or wanting to do. I feel like over lockdown, I learned a huge amount about what keeps me physically and mentally healthy. And I really want those things to become habits and non-negotiables rather than nice extras that I do when I've got the time. So I think that's something that I've noticed as well is that just mentally and physically, I'm not feeling my best because that time of rest isn't in there that's helping me bring my best to those other areas. And for me, that's the biggest impact of feeling like that work-life blend is off, is that I'm not bringing my best to my business. Now, life isn't just about work and about business, but for me, it's a very big part of my life and something I care about a huge amount. So to feel like, because that blend is off, you know, I'm not bringing my best self to my team, to my clients, to my students. I'm not showing up in the best way possible. That doesn't feel good to me. And I wanna run a business where, I bring my best to work. I also get the capacity to play and I'm also resting as much as I need and I want to in order to stay sane and happy and healthy. So for me, I think what solving this challenge looks like is just taking a bit of a step back and reassessing. Now in the short term, I can't change my commitments. I am a big follow througher, if that is a thing that you can call yourself. Once I've committed to something, uh, I like to follow through with it. And I love all the stuff that I'm doing right now. So I don't want to take anything away. So I guess in the short term, what I'm looking at is, okay, how can I make this a little bit less hectic? How can I bring some more structure in, which is going to support me and make sure that this isn't me on my road to some form of burnout or on the road to making some form of mistake. So in the short term, what that looks like is really prioritizing hard. Over the last couple of weeks, I have got very good at prioritizing of just looking at all of the things that I could and want to and should do and then being able to go, right, how much of this actually needs to get done? If I only have two hours of time right now, what is the priority that that time needs to be used for? What one thing am I gonna do today that is gonna genuinely move my business forward? You know, who am I prioritizing in terms of where my response time or where my energy goes first? For me, that short-term solution is also around my habits. So making sure that I'm still doing a weekly and a daily plan, making sure that I'm calendar blocking and using the Pomodoro method when I'm working. Something I find really interesting, and I notice this with both myself and with clients, is that often when we need those habits the most is when we drop them first. When things feel, and I'm going to say the word busy, we're often thinking, well, I don't have time to write my to-do list. I don't have time to calendar blog. I don't have time to set up my workspace to feel good and allow me to be productive. But when things feel busy or full on, that's when we need those habits the most. Like I was talking about with that mental and physical health stuff, it shouldn't be an added bonus or a nice extra. It should be a non-negotiable because it's what helps keep you at your best. So in the short term, it's all about prioritizing and making sure that those habits that I know help me are in place. And then I guess looking at a more long-term solution, there's a few things in that. I think, first of all, I need to get better at saying no just feel like everyone, is like, is there anyone in the world that has a problem with saying yes? Because I think I need to meet them and get some tips from them. But I'm not very good at saying no. And actually, let me rephrase that. I am good at saying no to things that I don't wanna do or aren't a fit, but I'm just really honored to get lots of, things going on that I want to do and I want to say yes to but I need to get a little bit more conscious of how much time and energy I really have and actually what saying yes to all of those extra things is actually going to look like in practice. Something I speak about with clients quite a lot is what does your yes also say no to? So for example, if someone asks me, "Hey Alice, we would love for you to host a workshop for our membership." I mean, first of all, what an honor. It's one of my favorite things to do. But As much as saying yes to that, great, you know, I'm saying yes to this really exciting opportunity, I'm gonna be able to meet these new people, I'm gonna be able to have an impact. Well, let's consider what that also means saying no to, because if that's say on a Tuesday evening, maybe that yes also means that I'm saying no to having an evening off, or maybe it's saying no to seeing some friends, or maybe it's saying no to keeping on top of my emails and my client admin, which always has to be my priority. By weighing up the no as well as the yes, you can make more conscious and intentional decisions. And I think I need to get back into the rhythm of doing that. I guess over the last year, I've just been used to having all of the time in the world and I've not really had to be super intentional about where my time is going because if anything... I've not had enough to fill my time with because we've been in lockdown. So I think I need to just bring in some more questions that I ask myself before I say yeses so quickly. Um, I'd say another long-term solution is that I need to bring in a new weekly rhythm, which makes space for the kind of work and kind of the kind of life that I'm gonna have post lockdown. I don't know if I've mentioned this much on the podcast before, but I do have a bit of a rhythm to my week that really supports me in showing up for my business in the most focused and intentional way. So at the moment, that looks like client calls on a Tuesday and a Thursday. I tend to do other meetings on a Monday. I'll speak to team on a Friday. And that's been a rhythm that has really worked for me over lockdown I would say my boundaries with that rhythm have got slightly loose just because I've not really needed to have stronger boundaries because as I said, I've had all the time in the world over lockdown, but that is a rhythm that has worked for me over the last year, but it's not gonna work for me in this next season because it doesn't allow any space for in-person work, for events and also for any random bits of time off that I might want in order to have some fun in my life and bring some of that play in. So I need to take a bit of a step back and assess, right, what work is coming back in to my schedule and how can I make space for that in my rhythm Uh, and how do we slowly transition to that? The nature of my business is that any kind of big decision takes a good few months to click into place because I've got people booked in and I've got commitments that I've already made. So it's not necessarily about switching to that right away, but if I can know what rhythm is gonna support me in this next season, I can slowly begin to implement that into my schedule, make sure that all of my yeses are fitting into that and then be working in a way that feels much more suited to where life is at. I think at the moment, like I'm trying to use Uh, systems and structures that were serving me in a lockdown life and hello, we are no longer in a full lockdown life. Would then say the final long-term solution for this is to reassess my capacity for one-to-one work and possibly explore whether I could host a program that not replaces my one-to-one work, uh, but might be suited to some people that would wanna work with me one-to-one. Now I'll talk about that in more detail in my next challenge, but I do think that's part of it. My business right now is very reliant on one-to-one work. And again, I'll talk in a moment about that. I absolutely love that. I'm so grateful for that but that does mean that my commitments every single week are pretty set and most of my time is pretty much already allocated. So I think you need to take a step back and in the same way with my weekly rhythm, just go, right, this is what capacity served me over lockdown. Is this the capacity that's gonna serve me in this next season? Do I need to have maybe a few less one-to-one clients as I step into this new normal in a post-lockdown world. So that is challenge number one. It's a big challenge. And I would say it's having an impact on the other two challenges that I have. I mean, that's the nature of business, isn't it? Everything kind of links together and has an impact on each other. But I would say this is the big one. My work-life blend fills off not necessarily burning out, but I can see it happening if I don't change anything. So that's where I'm looking at those short and long-term solutions that are gonna help me walk through this. And I'd be really interested if that's something that you're experiencing as well. Judging by conversations with clients and friends, it seems a lot of us are struggling to navigate this kind of new normal with our businesses. I've definitely got into habits over the last year, which did work in lockdown, but don't work in a kind of quote unquote normal life where there are other things to do than just work and watch Netflix. So if you've got any experiences of that, I would love to hear from you. You can always pop me a message over on Instagram at Alice underscore Benham. But let's get into the second challenge, which links in very nicely with that one, which is I am struggling to scale my business whilst having one-to-one work as a big part of the business. So what is the issue here? Well, I want to sustain the current impact and income that my business generates and has. But as you heard in that last challenge, I ideally want to be spending a little bit less time in my business. I think over the last year, my business has got very reliant on me giving it all the time it wants and needs, and I'm ready to take some of that time back. But I'm also not ready to take back the impact that I'm having or the income that I'm making. Now, the logical solution here, and probably what any business coach would say to me, is we we'll scale back on your one-to-one and make a business that is program-based. Now, I've tried that, or at least I've explored that, and it just doesn't feel right for me. When I think of my business model, I always see it with one-to-one as the foundational central point, and I can never see a business working for me. Now, it might be that in a few years I completely regret saying this, and I do find a business that works for me that doesn't look like that, but right now, I can't see a business that doesn't have that In it, I guess, first of all, I love one-to-one. It is, I would say for me, the most joyful part of what I do, it would be the saddest thing for me if one-to-one were to be majorly scaled back or, you know, worst case scenario, were to be removed. And I also don't wanna get rid of it because I think it has a really unique impact. I love group programs, I love courses, I do have them in my business, but there's something about one-to-one where the experience can be completely tailored, where I know that everything I'm sharing and bringing is specific to the person and the business that I'm speaking to, where we can tweak things and give feedback and analyze together, I think that's a really unique offering. And I don't know that the impact that you can have in one-to-one is always replicable in a group or a course setting. So if I don't wanna scale back how much one-to-one work I'm doing, well, the other solution is like, well, then just put the prices up. Well, you can do that to a point, but for me, there's only so much I can increase the price point of coaching before it starts not matching the value that sits within it And also it becomes inaccessible, which for me doesn't align with the values that I want to have in my business and the kind of clients that I want to be working with. So what impact is this challenge having? Well, it definitely links to my first issue right now because one-to-one is such a big part of my business. And one-to-one work is, I know they always say this is like a, a reason not to do it, but it is trading time for income and impact. It's very Transactional. It's not very scalable. You know, if I want to take the business to the next level in terms of helping more people, making more money, whatever that, you know, metric might be that I care about, it's not the easiest to do with one to one unless I want to be putting more time into my business, which as we learned in the last challenge, it's probably not what I want to do. And also, when I've got so much one to one going on, I don't necessarily have the time to develop or create more accessible offerings or partake in other opportunities that might come into the business, which will give people other ways that they can access or work with me. Now, this is a challenge that I've been facing in my business ever since I first became fully booked with one-to-one clients. And I don't think it's ever a challenge that I'm going to stop facing because the nature of a business that's built around one-to-one where one-to-one is trading time for money is I'm always going to be hitting a glass ceiling and I'm constantly going to be getting to a bottleneck and then having to walk my way through that. And then a few months later, probably being at that bottleneck again. So for me, I'm not seeing it that this is going to stop becoming an issue, but I would like to look over the next few months at how I can I guess stop it feeling like such a challenge and just have it as more of a yeah, that's part of my business, but you know, it's not it's not having a big impact right now. I think part of the solution for this is getting more specific about who my one-to-one is for and in turn who it's not for and then have programs in place which help people that it's not for. Now, that is something that I've already done. Over the last few months, I've got way more specific about who my one-to-one coaching is for, the fact that it's best suited to businesses that are scaling or pivoting. And then I brought out a group program, Foundations First, which is for people who are at that earlier stage who still want those business and marketing foundations and that strategy and that long-term vision, but they can't get it within coaching because for me, that's not the best place to be delivering it. So they can get it in that group program. So I guess I can give myself a bit of a tick. I'm on route to solving this because I've already done that. I think another thing that I'm looking to explore is different options of how I can deliver one-to-one. Now you might think, well, Alice, that doesn't change anything. You know, if you're working with someone for six hours, doesn't matter whether you're doing that as a full day or over six sessions, but I do have a feeling it will take like in the long run, less time. If I'm working with someone for a full strategy day, which is actually what I'm off to London to do this afternoon, which I'm very excited for, uh, as opposed to over six sessions. So obviously just one specific day of my time and all of the like admin, ongoing support, back and forth that often sits between those six sessions won't necessarily be there or it won't be as time intense as it usually would. So that for me would be a way that I can get a little bit more time back from my one-to-one, but still be delivering the same impact, not having to put the price point up and it's still delivering whatever it is uh, that I want to do in that setting. So I haven't done a huge amount of that yet. I've done a couple of sessions in person, half and full day. As I said, I've got another one today. So I'm going to see how that goes, but that might be just a small way of yeah, taking away a bit of that bottleneck. I think another solution to this problem is exploring whether I could create a group program or mastermind or something like that. I don't really know the difference between all those words. It means the same thing to me. Group of people chatting together, which does look somewhat similar to my one-to-one. So as I said, my one-to-one is best suited to those that are scaling, really leveling up, pivoting, like doing that big strategy uh, work and at the moment that's fully booked until september so even though i'm saying well if that's not you know not fit for you, you can go and do this group program if it is a fit for people, there's not currently capacity for it. So I'm interested to explore. Now I say the word explore because I guess the word would be cynical. I feel a little bit cynical about what impact a group program or kind of mastermind vibe thing might have in comparison to -to one-to-one. Now I've always been a bit of a skeptic of group stuff. I think that's mainly because I really struggle with group and I definitely learn best in a one-to-one setting. But From speaking to other people and just seeing the impact that other group programs and masterminds that people have run have had, I am willing to explore it. And I'm wondering if there is a group program that I can land on, which looks somewhat similar to my one-to-one, helping business owners in that scaling phase, but obviously making that less of a time commitment on my side and likely in turn more accessible on their side. Now, before you go and DM me on Instagram and go, Alice. There's amazing benefits to a group thing. We get to meet other people. We get to hear other people's perspectives as well as yours. I totally get that. I think I just need to flesh out the idea and then take a step back and go, right, does this feel good? Do I feel really confident that this is going to deliver the impact and the value that I want it to have? So that might be something that I look to do towards the end of this year. I'm going to explore it over the next few weeks, see how it feels. Uh, And then I'd say a final solution to this problem of trying to scale my business with one-to-one as such a big part of it is to look at income streams which aren't necessarily coming from clients or from students. So for example, speaking at events, doing sponsorships, doing brand partnerships, if I'm wanting to scale the business in terms of impact and in terms of income, right now, one-to-one is not the place for me to do that because I don't wanna be taking on more one-to-one work. It's definitely a, probably over capacity. And as I said, I don't wanna put the price point up. So in order to scale, I need to look at other ways that I can do that. And sure, I've got my group programs and kind of different income streams that I have, but I'm interested to explore some income streams which aren't necessarily Being paid for, does that make sense? By the people that I am working with. So, doing more kind of collaborations and more working with brands, companies, events, that kind of thing. Now, this is where all of the challenges link together because where have I got the time to even explore those things, pitch for them, build those relationships, even do them? Right now I haven't got that. So it's a little bit chicken and egg, but by having a bit more time, I can look to bring that income stream into my business, which will, I guess, somewhat relieve the pressure from one-to-one. And I won't feel the need to be filling it up all of the time. Although I don't think I feel the need to fill it up because of any income reason. I just love it and I can't say no as I've already discussed but that is my second challenge and if you are also service-based and you work with people one-to-one I'm sure it's one that you can relate to as I said it's one that I've faced many many times in my business so far but figuring out how to scale my business whilst one-to-one is a big part of it and as I said I'm not willing to take that big part of it away is something that I am experiencing yet again (laughs) and interested to try and solve Now, my third and final challenge to share with you, which is definitely last but not least because this one's having quite an impact, is that I'm struggling to keep the blinkers on and stay focused for what is right for my business. Now, this is something that I've experienced many times before. I felt like this is an, an ongoing challenge when you run a business. Um, and I will say it, I'm not experiencing it in such a big way as I have done before. You might be familiar that a few months ago in my business, I went through like a massive, I call it an identity crisis because it felt that way. And this challenge then was so prevalent and was having such a negative impact and was just really, really tough. And it's definitely not at that level of impact and struggle right now, but it's definitely still there and I'm noticing it crop up. So what I mean by this issue is, feel like in business you can do anything you want pretty much within reason. You can come up with any idea, you can decide whatever it is that you wanna do with your business, you can take it in any direction, it can look any way you want it to. And I feel like that is both the best and the worst thing. When I'm feeling excited about my business and creative and I've got all the time and the energy and the resources, I love that. You know, I've got clarity, I've got options, I've got flexibility, but when things feel maybe a little bit full on or I haven't got a massive amount of clarity or maybe the comparison is seeping in, being able to do whatever I want, I then find really challenging because I'm like, well, I can do anything. So what should I be doing? Evelyn and I sometimes joke, there should be a hotline that you can ring up. We just go, which of these two things should I do? And they just give you one of the two answers because so often in business, it feels that way where it's like, I could do either of these things. I'm not quite sure which one I wanna do. What is the best way to take this? I have so many ideas for my business, so many things that I wanna bring to life. And that's something that I'm so grateful for. I definitely have seasons where I don't have loads of ideas and things that I wanna do. So definitely grateful that it feels that way, but alongside a desire to do all the things and pursue all the ideas, is also a desire for a really clear business. Clarity has always been a massive thing for me. I believe clarity is a huge thing in helping us to step into our business with confidence and to have a business that other people can easily engage with and have impact from. I want a clear business, not just for my sake, so that I feel clear as a business owner, so that I've got structure, so I've got a good vision to follow, but also for other people's sake. If I don't first have clarity around what my business is, how it works, what it's about, how can I expect anyone else to? And if people can't understand my business and if it's not clear to other people, my business isn't gonna be able to have the impact that I want it to. So for me, it's almost like these two different sides of my brain, like one side's like all of the things, all the ideas, let's do everything. And then the other side is like, no, let's keep it really clear and clarity is the most important thing would then say alongside this, I can get pretty distracted by or begin comparing myself to what other people are up to. I love the fact that when I log on to Instagram or Facebook, I can see so many incredible business owners and see what they're doing. And most of the time for me, that just inspires and encourages me but some of the time, I think, especially when I'm feeling like I'm questioning stuff and I'm not quite sure what my right next step is, that can begin to get to me because I can see what they're doing and be like, oh, well, maybe I should be going in that direction or maybe my business should look more like theirs or should I be doing that same thing? Now, as I said, I'm not experiencing this in such a paralyzing way as I have before, but it's definitely having like a bit of a low level impact. I think especially as I'm a bit of a bottleneck, a bit understatement of the year, uh, in terms of my time and my resources, I'm finding this really tricky because I feel like I've got all the ideas and the thoughts and that I wanna do I don't really have any of the time and energy to do them. And then seeing other people doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, am I going to get left behind or I'm missing out or I want to keep moving forward as well? So that's again where these challenges link in together. But I'd say the main impact that this is having is that it is stopping me from taking some action. If you don't have clarity on where you want to be and what the long term vision is, It's really tricky to take intentional and confident action, which is gonna get you there because you don't know where you're wanting that action to take you. Now, thankfully my business is full on enough at the moment and there's enough sustaining that I can be doing before I worry a huge amount that I'm not doing loads of that long-term and working on the business stuff. But as I mentioned in the start, I think one of the benefits of reflecting on your challenges is that you see them before they really become an issue. So a couple of weeks of really just working in my business and not you know, bringing new things to life or really moving things forward, that's okay. But if in a few months time, I'm still doing that and I'm just sustaining and working in, I'm not gonna be moving my business forward in the long run and I'll just be sustaining what I've currently got, which don't get me wrong, I love, but I'm always wanting my business to evolve and to level up. I'd also say just any form of comparison or looking at what other people are up to or questioning yourself in comparison to other people it makes running a business pretty miserable and hard. I feel like running a business is tough enough without us comparing ourselves to other people's highlights reels. So although that's not having a debilitating impact like it was for me a few months ago, um, I'll link in the show notes, by the way, a video where I shared a bit more about that identity crisis because I feel like I just keep referencing it and not actually explaining it, but I'll share some stuff below that you can look at if you're a bit more interested in that. But in general, it is having a fair bit of an impact because I'm Comparing myself to other people, not necessarily knowing what's right for my business and struggling to take the action that is that working on stuff and really moving things forward. Now, how am I walking my way through it? Well, thankfully, this is something that I do a lot with clients as students. So I've just been doing a lot of self-coaching, I would say, and taking a step back and going, right, what would I say if someone came to me with this issue How can I walk myself through this? And I think really it begins with staying connected to the central point in my business, which is why I do it. I believe in business, we have two whys. We have a why for us and we have a why for others. And for me, staying connected to these whys is so important as I figure out what's right for my business, because it almost becomes this compass where when I'm clear on why I run my business for me and why I run my business for others, I can then just continually ask myself, hey, is this decision, is this opportunity, is this thing that I wanna do or this idea that I've just had, is it getting me closer to these two things? Is it helping me to have the impact that I wanna have on others and to serve myself in the way that I want my business to? The clearer you are on why you do what you do, the easier it is to figure out what you actually want to do and how you want to do that. So for me, that's what it starts with, staying connected to my internal and external whys. And then past that point, something that's really serving me at the moment is checking everything against my three intentions for the year. If you're familiar with the AB method, you will know that it's all about setting three yearly intentions, which sum up how you want your business to look and feel by the end of the year. And it's about capturing that long-term vision. Now, those three yearly intentions are so helpful because they allow you to then set quarterly goals and take action on those goals that are gonna move you forwards. But alongside helping you to set those goals, those intentions also act as that really helpful compass where in the same way as I do with my whys, when I have something that comes into my head, for example, that group program that I might wanna do for people scaling, I can check it against my three intentions and go, right, Is it getting me closer to one of these three? Is it lining up with where I want my business to be by the end of the year? And it just supports me in making those decisions. Feel like when you run a business, you can just go round in your head so often and you can argue every single option till the cows come home and be like, right, no clarity there, wish someone could just tell me what to do. Well, when you have that long-term vision mapped out, it gives you something to work from and you can take the question marks and the ideas to that clarity and go, right, do these things line up? And then the final thing I'm doing to help walk myself through this is not even a practical thing, but just a reminder. I'm reminding myself that there's rarely a right or wrong in business. So often when we're presented with opportunities or decisions or ideas, it's not a case of saying yes would be the worst thing and no would be the best thing. I mean, sometimes the business decisions do feel that way, but more often than not, either decision would be good. There's pros and cons to both. And I see this a lot when I'm speaking to clients about different opportunities or question marks that they have. It's not about figuring out right or wrong. It's about weighing up which is gonna get you closer to your vision and to your mission. It's your classic pros and cons list of like, right, saying yes means this, saying no means this, which of these lists is gonna align best with where I want my business to be, how I want it to feel, what I want it to look like. I think one of the hardest things about having those big question marks in your business of like, right, where do I take it from here? And is this opportunity right? Is that we put so much pressure on it and we can think like, well, if I make the wrong decision, that's the end of my business, I'm gonna fail. It's gonna be all downhill from there. And it's so rarely the case. There are very few decisions that we make in our businesses, which will have, if we make the quote unquote wrong one, such a detrimental impact. I am always reminding myself nothing is forever and I am not saving lives. So if I make the quote unquote wrong decision, well, I'm gonna figure that out pretty quickly and then I can just make the right decision from that point. Or if I make what feels like the right decision and then I get some clarity from that action, hey, great, I'm actually now in a better position than I was when I was trying to figure out what the right decision was. There's so rarely a right or wrong in business. And I think when you can remind yourself of that, you then just give yourself a permission to go, right, let's go with the one that feels best. You know, let's do that analyzing of which one feels like it's gonna take us closer to that long-term vision. And then let's give ourselves permission to possibly get it wrong learn from action and then tweak the plan as we go. So that is my third and final challenge. I mean, not final, but third that I'm gonna share with you in this episode, keeping the blinkers on, staying focused on what's right for my business and knowing what the right next step is going to be. I think that's the one out of the three that feels least like a big challenge at the moment, but it was really interesting as I was reflecting on my challenges for this episode, I was like, oh, okay. I can kind of see that starting to become a challenge and starting to cause issues. So I'm interested to see if noticing that and then thinking about how I'm gonna walk myself through it is gonna help to somewhat nop it, (laughs) nip it in the bud. But that is it for my three challenges. I could definitely keep going, but those are my main three. So a bit of a recap. Challenge number one is that my work-life blend feels off. The rhythms and the commitments that I have served me in lockdown, but definitely do not serve me now that some of my more normal life and other sides of my work have come back. Challenge number two is in scaling my business whilst I have one-to-one as such a big part of it. I want to sustain my income and my impact, but I need to figure out how I do that without completely taking away one-to-one, uh, replacing stuff with group programs, upping the price point to a point where it's ridiculous and then no longer having a business that I enjoy without making it sound too dramatic, which I definitely just did. And then challenge number three, keeping the blinkers on and staying focused on what's right for my business business. I would be so interested to hear if these are things that you've been through or perhaps you're facing now. I would love to hear from you over on Instagram. I'm at alice underscore Benham. I love a voice note. I love a message. So come and let me know what are the biggest challenges that you're facing in your business right now. I really hope this episode has Brought you something, whether it's a bit of a reminder that we're all facing challenges, whether I've given you some ideas of perhaps how to walk yourself through the challenges that you're facing, if you're feeling a similar way to me. Uh, And if I can encourage you to do anything, it's to do some of this reflection yourself. Sit down and ask yourself the question: what challenges am I facing right now? If it helps to have a structure, the way that I did it is that per challenge, I ask the question of what's the issue? What impact is it having? And how can I walk myself through it? When you have an understanding of what the challenge is and the impact that it's having, it's not only then so much easier to figure out how you're gonna walk yourself through it, but you also then give yourself just a little bit of a permission slip to find things tough. I think one of the worst things we can do for ourselves in business is assume that our challenges are a red flag and a sign that we're doing it wrong. In my experiences, challenges are a good sign. They're a sign that you're pushing yourself, a sign that you are taking your business to the next level. And as I said at the very start of this episode, challenges are learning curves in disguise. So I'm sure future me will be grateful that I went through these challenges that I'm in right now. I will come back with a future episode, perhaps sharing an update on these three challenges and then sharing my next three. If you would find that interesting, come and let me know. But this is it for another episode. I will be back next Monday with another conversation, which I'm actually recording tomorrow and I'm so, so looking forward to. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that. And I hope you have the best week. Is that a really weird ending? Bit creepy, isn't (laughs) it? Enjoy!